0: Lord, we thank you for the rain of her story and how you used it in her own life, Lord, to draw her closer to you. Through her obedience, through her faith, Lord, we know that you are blessed her. I thank you for that. Thank you for what she'll be sharing with us today's goal. encourage us in our faith as well. Just be with her right now as she speaks and shares her story. And For all of these things, we ask that you would be glorified in everything. And we ask in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Hallelujah, Amen. Thank you. Oh. Good good morning. I'm gonna try, try to do this with my glasses and see how I do. Uh, as many of you know I have trouble speaking, uh, and I have tissues up here because when my eye hurts, my nose runs. So it's like I'm fully prepared for the problems I may face here. Uh, the condition I have is called spasmodic dysphonia, as the title suggests. Uh, a focal cords only function in spasms. Uh, it's a neurological condition but no non cause or cure. I belong to a support group in Facebook and. Many of us have tried, the f- few treatments there are, uh, nothing has worked, but I continue to look for any glimmer of hope that help me to speak normally. I have e- even contacted well-known, respected evangelists to meet with me and pray uh, for healing, but God has chosen not to heal me yet. Not surprisingly, my faith has grown because of this affliction. And for non-Christians, that is very shocking. How could your faith grow when God has allowed you to suffer, suffer like this? all of us in this room of no, uh, suffering brings us to our knees before God. We only look to him for mercy and grace in our hour of need, but we trust his purposes for allowing this to happen and for the greater good that we suffer. In Romans 1, 5, says Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we have received grace and scholarship to bring out the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. Through weakness, we lean on Jesus, we learn to trust and grow in endurance. And as our faith grows, so does our obedience. And our obedience of faith brings glory to God. It's really quite remarkable. If you think that we have a great desire to obey God, even under afflicted, all having a affliction, he got us thorn in his life. Some scholars believe he had my problem due to some references he makes in Galatians. He put with God three times to take it from him, but God said 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect. And weakness. I haven't always had vocal problems or eye problems like I have now. I grew up in a Jersey, an Italian Catholic family, and my parents were hardworking people who raised four children, me and my three brothers. My dad was a carpenter, and my mom was a homemaker. He attended us every Sunday, and my parents raised us to love God and to have a healthy respect for God's commandments. I didn't have a personal relationship with God until I was born again in the summer of 1980. When I was directing the musical God's Bell for my master's degree. Although I watched the rehearsals of God's Bell many times, the crucifixion of Jesus hit me hard one I, I cried out and sobbed while being drowned out by the loud music and the darkness of the stage production. I had my own private moment when Jesus that night. I was so impacted by his sacrifice for us and betrayal of his people. I remember it vividly to this day. Still, it took serious Christ in 2005 and 2005 to test my faith the most. At the time, I was a well-established high school teacher, and my stress level was pretty high. the master teacher in the school's literacy program, a full time teacher with great props. as well as being a unit rep. But, was unknowingly working very hard to bring my body down. I participated in every activity and took every leadership position offered to me. That was a train wreck waiting to happen. I was seeing an internist at the time because my blood cells. Functioning. I didn't have any symptoms, but my blood tests were consistently irregular. doctors didn't what was going on, but something serious was brewing. Grace, my internist, referred me to a blood specialist and subsequently, successful. Established a panel of doctors to study my case. I learned that I had pre leukemia, and if I didn't have a bone transplant, my chances of survival were about two years. My older brother agreed to be my donor. He was a perfect match for my transplant. On July 18, 2012, I received a bone marrow transplant. It's really like a simple procedure. It was done in my hospital, and that they hooked me up to a in each arm. One of me was used for my brother's stem cells to enter my body was to draw out my damaged blood cells that I've been destroyed through chemotherapy. Interestingly enough my blood type one for all negative to positive. As my blood cells were removed and my brothers healthy cells replaced my blood supply. I was in City of Hope Hospital for almost four eight months. My body worked to adapt to the new blood. On the other hand, the new blood cells set about attacking my body in what is commonly known as graft-versus-host disease. And through medication and a procedure called photo Pieces, my body was able to defeat the aggression of new cells and function normally. Now, nine years later, I still must take medication to combat the chronic effects of skin tightening and dry eye disease. While the Civil War was going on inside my body at City Hope, my mind and heart were learning to trust God. I spent most of my time in the hospital alone because I had lacked the immunities to combat even common cold. I was all out of prisoners and even, even to receive glass flowers, which could subject me to germs. doctor's and nurse's to wear so takes extra precautions and wear several garments while I enter my room. So, I was alone to spend quality time with the Lord, Thank you, God. I brought Bible and devotionals for my stay mm-hmm. in the hospital. Would, it was quite beautiful. As my medical condition, it's ups and downs. I trust in God. Who used to I could rest in His loving arms, and He would take care of me. And sleep and rest is what I did. I came up and the whole ordeal sat my energy and stamina. But each day I grew stronger and my immunities gained traction. I was able to leave the hospital with a new perspective on God and a new peace on life. From the beginning of Romans, as we speak in memory, verse 1 through five, 1 5 to the end of Romans, specifically 16, 25 to 27, Paul passionately exalts the importance of obedience of faith. He says in 16, according to the revelation of the mystery of Kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest according to the commandment of the everlasting God to bring about the obedience of faith. When faith in Jesus Christ produces obedience to Christ, also obedient lives make God look Okay. What kind of obedience did Paul have in mind? He says in Romans 12, let love be genuine. abhor what is evil. all oh, that's what's good. Love one another with prophetic affection. Out do one another and showing honor. Do not be slothful, be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. And um, do not curse them. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And I took seriously what Paul said. I tried to be faithful to Jesus and all that I did, but I never, never knew how deeply God would test and call me to obedience in the coming months and years. My youngest daughter, Rebecca, who was 14 at the time, got scared when I went into college school in 2005 for some problems. She was a freshman at high school where I taught and she was Okay. She tried to self-medicate to escape the intense reality she was experiencing. Long story short, she started on a whole path that was completely foreign to me and taxed by my already weakened body. God sustained me during that time I remember eagerly calling my sweet faithful friend Deborah, and I thought no problem with that. erupted when I didn't know how to handle it. She always encouraged me, prayed with me, and led me to God's word. As most other parents do, I tried to fix my addicted her, I nurtured her and tried to love her back to good health. Nothing worked. As much as I tried, I was powerless over the traction my doctor was going. We sent her to after we had. and while things were for a while, the demons came back to fortify the stronghold they had on my child. As I attended family group sessions of rehab and attended meetings of awful I learned that I was unable my daughter. Not helping her. They use the pace of them to death to help us understand how important it was for us to not enable the addict. We could be doing more damage than good. And grapes are important. They also. Told us that the behavior our children were involved in was extremely risky and dangerous. And some parents had lost their children to this disease. We needed to come to terms with the possibility that we could lose our child to. He was telling me over and over that I had to give her to him. He brought <laughs> up thoughts of Abraham sacrificing his son, Isaac, to God at the altar. Hmm. It horrified me to think of surrendering my daughter like that. I cried out to him, how could I let her go? Wasn't there another way? Gradually, situations took place where I saw God's faithfulness and felt an allegiance to him. And I sensed a slight shift away from Rebecca. I was trying to do as he asked. I grew up knowing the commandments, and I knew I shall put no other gods before. that even my children could not come before God in my life. I tried to let her go. No more I firmly held the line with her and she ended up in the streets. It was heartbreaking and horrifying. I didn't know how a mother could give instincts to protect her child, but in this instance, was supposed to not rescue her when she needed me. It was torture, not knowing where she was and if she was safe. But somehow God shielded her from harm and eventually brought her home again. Always brought her home again to me, which confused me. I was very grateful, but I didn't understand why he wanted me to let her go in the first place. Through this experience, he brought Rebecca. He taught Rebecca a he lesson on me, too. I realized later he was testing me. His ultimate goal was to give me a chance to make him number one in my life. Eventually, I was able to gain my perspective and put my first. When I did everything else fell into place. I am now able to set boundaries and not live with fear or guilt. If I need to say no, please don't get me wrong. I still stumble and fall. I'm still tempted to waffle and make decisions. The pull on my heart towards God is like the pull of my head. I know where my face is, and it's with God. I need to be obedient and glorify him with my words and my actions. Through those painful episodes of, of trying to be obedient to God, and from Rebecca, God showed me how deeply he loved Rebecca. He saved her life many times, and at one point, she seemingly appeared to her on a critical night when she tried to overdose. I, I kicked her out and was crying in my bedroom not knowing where to go. She went behind her house, into the profane and used drugs. She closed her eyes and waited to die. When she opened her eyes, she saw a man with deep eyes near her. Although no words were spoken, she knew him that the message he gave her was to live. She appeared in her black heart. I like should seen the coast. My husband called me to sleep, Rebecca, stand on back. We were overcome with God's mercy and grace. His timing isn't my timing, but he always goes perfectly when to show up. I spend on his promises. I've experienced his faithfulness. I truly see the difference in my faith as on my witness to others. When I am not struggling mentally, internally about which way to turn, I communicate a peace about me. standard God makes me a vessel he can use for his Purposes. As of today, Rebecca is doing pretty well, but I'm still challenged every day. She has grown in many ways from the risky teenager she once was. She achieved six months' privacy recently before a short relapse. I still for her and the battles she faces. I'm clear with who is number one in my life. And I remain to faithful and obedient to God. He surprises me every day with his awesomeness. In whatever circumstances we are in, must be true. And faithful to God, one phrase that has always struck with me is sometimes the only Bible people have is your life. Mm -hmm. What a powerful responsibility we have to live life reflecting Christ's love. In the weeks before my talk today, Anthony saw. To prevent me from speaking to you, I struggled with pain in my eye daily, difficult even opening my eye and vision that needed me to use in my magnifying glass. I was getting discouraged and weary from the battlefield. I reached out to Jennifer and other great warriors to pray for me, which I did. As a result of their prayers, God allowed me some relief in my eyes. What the enemy meant for evil, God intended for good. I was more determined than ever to come to you today to witness God's mercy and grace. I'd like to close with the song You Are the light of the World from the musical gospel. I hope you all sing with me. Oh, your picks are on the washing of your pocket. Thank you for having me share. Thank you, Lorraine.